0: Hi there. In this episode, we'll be exploring two interesting topics. First, I'll be chatting with Sinead Ni elon from ISS here in Enyoigawi about some interesting work on data analytics. And then we'll hear from Dr Naomi Winston from the University of Surrey on how students view feedback on their coursework. So, let's get started. Sinead, given the size of the university and the fact that technology pervades almost every aspect of our work here, All the systems we've got across the institution must be generating and storing lots and lots of raw data. Uh, You've been working on a project, as I understand it, which has been trying to connect some of these various strands of information in a way that can help students and help us manage our various operations. Is that right?
1: That's right Ian, absolutely. So uh, you're you're perfectly correct, we have an awful lot of data associated with our various enterprise systems, but the thing is that we haven't been viewing the data as an asset and we haven't been using the data as an asset. And when people have been trying to use data and essentially pull out reports on various things, a whole range of things, really the mechanisms that, that are available to people are very unsatisfactory. Mm. They're very time consuming, they're often out of date. And this I suppose is where Dante, you mentioned the project mm. Dante has has come from, so mm. We have an IT strategy for the university, and inside, in one of the programs, is an information management program. And Dante lives in there. And Dante is simply a nice branded name. I felt we needed a name yeah. for the work we were doing, and the first three letters come from you know data analytics. So it was it was a nice uh, hat to yeah, hang hang our fair. work on.
0: So what kind of data can I access or make use of? What?
1: So um, it really, potentially, it can, it, it can bring in all the data in the university. But what we've been able to do to date in the time and the money available and the energy available is we, we said we would start off with our biggest system, given we're a university, which is Kirkus, our student data system. So we've brought in most of that. We don't yeah. have exam data in and we don't have details and graduations. But we've, we've mm. most of our data so we can report on student numbers. We've also brought in a lot of our... Staff data yeah. and for student engagement, that we'll talk about in a minute, we have also CAO application data, Blackboard data, Wi Fi data, library data, and we also have separate right. data for fees. We have about eight different data sources in there.
0: Okay, so it's mm. bringing these things together. We would normally be Recording all this stuff, but not easily making sense.
1: Exactly. So what you would have to do at the moment if you want to to get some pull something from Quercus is you you run a discover report. If you want something out of Core HR, you run something else. If you want something from Aggresso, you go and accelerate report and you combine them yourself, which is time consuming and requires a certain amount of skill. The idea here is that we bring everything together in this Mm. giant blob of data Mm. and which is very tightly and Mm. carefully organized. And then you can report on several things at the same time.
0: And it produces some nice, visual, and simple, it produces plain, clear, sorry, uh, dashboards.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that is part of the advantage of Dante is what you have at the moment is really down to Discover or Excel. It's very mm. tabular based. Mm. Now you have you have live data. So yeah. we do this every day. Um, you have, as you said, uh, visually attractive data. It's very flexible. Um, you have multi, multiple data sources together. Yeah. And, and really, I suppose the key for the whole thing is that you're, you're using your data strategically. Mm. To make you in, using the data yeah. to inform you about uh, so that you can make decisions and you can yeah. plan, and you've got a single lens for the whole university. So yeah. the famous one version of the truth: your, yes. your view and my view and the president's view and the yeah. registrar's view. It's the same. It's the same one. Yeah. It's the same one.
0: Yeah. So that's that's interesting. And and so how how can it help course directors or heads of school?
1: Well, as I said, really, yeah. the the point of the whole thing is really about planning yeah. and informing you. So at an operational level, it can show you what you have in terms of student numbers, which are the most popular courses, where the students are coming from. It can tell you anything really about, um, you know, yeah. n- different views on the same information, which can help inform you as to, you know, maybe you want to run, maybe you need to bring more mm. students into this course or, or what direction you, you want to take. So, So that's yeah. really the whole point of it. For example, uh, when we look at um, some of the staff data that we've brought in, we have r- reports on people and on posts. Um, and we also do events like um, contracts expiring or retirements. So any head of school can have a look into the future and say, who's going to retire in the next five years? What kind of su- succession planning do I need okay. to do? So it's that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So it's it's, it's um, really useful for that kind of uh management of the resources of the school exactly, and for for courses as well. You can gather statistics and and look at the things like progression rates and so forth.
1: Uh, Exactly. So in the in the student world, and really it has been most of our reports, we've produced what are called six apps. People will be familiar with the terminology, so they're kind of like Mm. dashboards. uh, of the six, five of them are in the student sphere. So okay. one of them is just general student reporting, but we have done two. They're called student success and student engagement. Student success is a backwards look across the years, see how we're doing with our students from year to year as we progress them along. How many yeah. do we retain? How many do we lose? Why do we lose them? Or sorry, where do they go rather than why we yeah. lose them? That's a different question. Um, and we also do something similar for um for retention, which is, you know, cradle mm-hmm. to grave, beginning to end. How many of our students do we, do we keep across the whole programme and then we have something called student engagement and that really is about looking at a number of factors about students to see which are the ones that correlate best with the students who begin to disengage and can we actually okay. put our arms around those students. So it's pretty important to say that we provide the data to inform the eyes that look at this but the interventions are somebody else's business yep. so we don't get involved in that space.
0: But but, but in a sense though that, that's a really important aspect that it's a focus on helping the students
1: oh absolutely yeah, i mean yeah. key to this is helping the students with everybody's permission it fits in very nicely with the university strategy on student yeah. success if the student has decided to come here they've chosen galway they've chosen a mm. program even if they they change their you know course mm. midstream they still really the best thing for everybody would be to finish their course yeah. and if we can stop them dropping out find out what's what's wrong the issues might be, yeah. you know what the issues might yeah. be we can hang on to them
0: that's very good. I mean, it, it, just in kind of context, obviously, learning analytics and data analytics are all buzz phrases these days. They are. There's lots of kind of um, companies offering various products and that sort of that's thing. That's right. But, uh, one of the things I think is quite interesting is is that in Ireland, the National Forum for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning has been quite supportive of uh, learning analytics, but with that focus being. And, you know, as a tool for students, more than more than anything else. Absolutely. And, yes. Uh, so it's yeah. interesting to see that actually. Yeah. And hear that in what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Um, because many of the the commercial products are you know focus on the kind of the operations of the institution and the finances and that sort of thing. Whereas mm. actually, there's a lot of benefit for the students if we if we focus.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I mean, learning. really, student yeah. retention, every university struggles to some degree. Well, you know, certainly yeah. the ones in Ireland with with, with student retention. Um, there are student retention products out there. There's yeah. a, a couple I've come across, but th- they tend to be quite sophisticated and they tend to do a lot of machine learning, yeah. uh, you know, and then they're in a position to be able to say our information is so good, we'll actually text the student. Yeah. We are nowhere near that. Yeah. So that's why I really yeah. drew the line between the data informing the eyes yeah. And then the interventions being a separate thing. And who knows in time, but that's where we are just now.
0: That sounds really interesting, Sinead. So, so what's next then? So,
1: um, what's next is um, w- one of the things we're working on at the moment is financial reporting for uh, colleges and yep. and budget holders. And um, we're working very closely with management accounts on that, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, another strategic area that the university really wants to to improve on is um, the ca- kind of uh, gender work that's uh, under the auspices of Athena Swan. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we w- are working with the the office of the vice president for equality and diversity, and also a couple of people in engineering who are doing their reports um, and then we would like to try and get into the space of tailored dashboards so for example um, this is what you the kind of things that umt need to look at at their meetings or the kind of thing that college boards need mm-hmm. to look at at their meetings so as we've worked on you know student engagement as we've worked on staff we've built things in, in that space yeah. but we pro- possibly need to bring things together and put a sort of a, an amalgam of things in, in a very attractive way and okay. um, the whole thing depends on funding yeah. so yeah. Um, if we can get the funding, we'll steam ahead.
0: Very good. Thank you very much, Ned.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Dr Naomi Winston of the University of Surrey visited us a short while ago and spoke to me about a major project funded by the UK's Higher Education Academy, which focused on how students react to or use feedback given to them on their coursework. Naomi, feedback is a big issue for both students and staff, Uh, the staff wondering about whether all the effort they put into commenting on student work is worthwhile, Uh, and students not quite sure of how to use feedback to improve, particularly if they've just been given it along with a final mark for an assignment and no immediate scope to follow up. Can you tell us a little about your project?
2: So we started the programme of work um, with a grant from the UK Higher Education Academy. And what we had said we would do in that grant was to try and explore some of the difficulties students face when they receive feedback. Um, And then to think about what we could do to to improve that, that situation and to overcome some of those barriers. And the main thing that we did in that research was to talk to students. We did a lot of focus group work um and we did activity oriented focus groups so rather than just asking them to talk about their experiences we gave them some concrete prompts to to stimulate discussion yeah. um and so one of those was uh, a case where we gave them some feedback comments and we asked them just to talk about how they would use them and inevitably they talked about how they couldn't use them <laughs> um which was a great insight into the the difficulties that they face. Yeah. Um, and we did a systematic literature review as well and then started to work towards developing some tools and resources to support students in engaging with feedback.
0: And what do you see as the the kind of the commonest uh, hurdle or barrier that, that students face when they're presented with feedback?
2: I think there's two I think there's there's a a sort of a cluster of cognitive issues which are to do with understanding um, the information and knowing what to do with it so being able to understand the comments and to be able to say this is the step I need to take and then there's a cluster of emotional barriers I think as well which um, can make students feel quite powerless really to see improvement on the basis of feedback and to feel motivated to do it as well because often it takes a lot of work and if they perceive maybe you know i I don't feel i can see that improvement or i don't think i'm good enough to do that then Hmm. they can perhaps lack motivation to engage
0: yeah and from the perspective of, of, of of academics one of the things you also mentioned was this idea of dangling data yeah so do you want to maybe just explain what that uh, captures.
2: Yes, I think um, that that phrase from, from Roy Sadler is, is such a brilliant um, representation of what can happen with the feedback process that academics can put so much time and effort into crafting feedback. I think it's one of the most time consuming jobs mm. that we do in learning and teaching. Um, and it can be so frustrating if, if that information, those comments go back out to students. And in some cases, academics can see that students haven't even collected those comments or they will see lack of engagement because the same issues come up again and again. And I think that that's incredibly difficult because you Mm. think I've taken all this time and it's not having any impact. So that's why I think we need to look very carefully at how we use the time we have to spend on assessment and feedback to have that impact. And that probably isn't going to be in just providing more and more detailed comments. Mm. Something else needs to change.
0: So it might be something about thinking a little bit more carefully about uh, the way in which we design assessments Mm. and the way in which we kind of come towards a kind of um, decision on grades and so forth within courses. yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think certainly I've seen a lot of cases where assessment and feedback are seen as two completely different things. And so when students will come say they're mm. not satisfied with their feedback, or we see that from some kind of survey, the focus is on, right, how do we change the feedback, rather than thinking, as you say, how do we change the assessment, how do we set up the process of assessment, so that students can receive feedback more quickly, more regularly, and in a way that they then can implement that directly in, in future work. I think there's an important um, point there, that, that we look to assessment structure, as well as the feedback, um, because they do they do go together.
0: Mm. And again, I guess a challenge that we often face in many institutions is this whole idea of uh, modules versus Mm. programmes. And the experience for students can be very fragmented as they're doing a collection of modules.
2: Mm. Yeah, Definitely. (laughs) Um, Both from the perspective of staff and students. Um, Students often said that they were very honest, actually. They'd say, well, that assignment's done, the module's done. Why would I look at the feedback? Because I'm not doing that piece of work again. And I think that's one of the real challenges is, is seeing all these pieces of work connecting together. Um, and I wonder whether actually we're not always that good at talking to each other within mm. a programme team. Um, sometimes one member of staff won't even know what another member of staff is giving as their assessment. So how can we start to, to, mm. to uh, stitch these things together? And so one of the key recommendations that we've been given is when giving assignment briefs to make it very clear on that assignment brief which of the program level learning outcomes are being um, assessed using that assessment so that when students get another one they can see where the commonality is but also to direct feedback to program level learning outcomes not just module level learning outcomes Mm -hmm. because there will be a thread that goes through all of those assessments but we don't always capitalize on it yeah in the hea grant we had said that we would develop A tool or a resource Um, but because we'd found these these four barriers to engaging with feedback we then decided to create a resource that would help to overcome each of those and we worked with students to design those tools so for that barrier of awareness and being able to decode the language we developed um, a feedback glossary which sits within the the feedback guide and what the students did there was they went around all of their lecturers and and interviewed them about what they mean when they say particular words in feedback and this is fascinating because I thought that the kind of terms that students would say they had difficulty understanding were, were some of those sort of jargon terms. Mm. One of them was specific. They said they don't know what we mean when we say that be more specific. And that seems to me to be such a, 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 a general word. I would, yeah. wouldn't expect students to have difficulty understanding. Um, so anyway, they collated together all of these different definitions and created a, a glossary of terms. Um, there's then a feedback guide which gives students some sort of tips about how to um, implement feedback and it's got this this flowchart in it that takes students through the process so that was designed really to overcome these these issues of cognizance and knowing what to do with the feedback and then to give students a sense of of agency of actually being able to, to sort of take the lead in in implementing feedback we developed this um, workshop resource with a series of different um, activities and discussions that can be used either as standalone sessions or as part of a curriculum to to build those skills of of feedback recipients and students and then finally the volition barrier so to support students to actually feel that they want to engage with feedback and want to see that improvement we developed this portfolio tool Mm. to synthesize feedback and support them in action planning
0: so it gives them an opportunity to take in feedback they might have received from different modules, different assignments, and think about those and how they might influence future submissions. Yeah.
2: That's it, yeah. To give them the opportunity really to, to, to see those messages that might be coming from multiple hmm. markers and they... Have said to us that they found it quite difficult with again with the modularised system that extends to the virtual learning environment. It's it's there in the practicalities of how they receive feedback. So being able to give them the opportunity to pull those messages together and then start to think about how they're going to improve those skills.
0: And it's it's quite an interesting reframing of the whole uh, process, really, isn't it? Because you're bringing out quite clearly that there's a, a large area of responsibility on the side of the student to engage with feedback you know in in a meaningful way as well as you know obviously the the academic staff Mm -hmm. to give feedback that is effective and feedback that people can act on so there's a kind of a there's a partnership involved in that process
2: absolutely i I think too much emphasis has been placed on what members of staff do Mm. and one of the reasons for that um which which we have argued is is that um in the uk with the national student survey the questions that assess the quality of assessment and feedback are so old paradigm in their approach Mm. students are asked to um evaluate whether they have received useful feedback whether that feedback was prompt And all of that is saying to students, this is the model of feedback, it's something you receive. Mm. Um, And last year the questions were reworded and we were really disappointed because there was one tiny little change from I have received detailed feedback to I have received useful feedback Um, and myself and a colleague wrote a piece in the times higher um, a couple of months ago saying what a wasted opportunity we could have used that reframing of the questions to say let's shift the model Mm. in higher education and have a question that says something like i was supported to access um, the resources i needed Mm. through feedback to develop my learning Mm. or something like Mm. that that as you say puts put emphasis on the fact that the student has to play a role in Mm. the process not just us delivering yeah
0: so in a sense it's it's that's re- reiterating this whole notion of the consumerist model. That,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think then that encourages them to treat module evaluation questionnaires as they would feedback they give on something they've ordered off Amazon, yeah. you know, when they give delivery feedback. It's, yeah. it's the same kind of thing, rather than encouraging them to really question whether that was useful for them and how they've used that information to improve.
0: And you also, you briefly mentioned there, just the uh, old paradigm, and you've distinguished between the old paradigm and mm-hmm. new paradigm. Can you maybe just clarify that?
2: Yeah, so I've been heavily influenced by the work of of David Carlos, who um, talks about these different approaches to feedback an old paradigm which is very much focusing on feedback as, as comments and that one-way transmission of information I suppose from expert to novice that you 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 deliver that information um, versus a new paradigm which is focusing on feedback as dialogue and thinking more about what the student does with that information um, and and Dave Bowd as well and um, he he also talks about feedback mark one and feedback mark two and mark three which which do sort of map onto the old and new paradigm it's basically that distinction between feedback as, as comments, something that's that's given out to students versus something where students have to respond and play a role within that cycle.
0: Uh, many thanks, that's it for this episode. I hope you found this interesting and useful and we will join us again next time.